They've watched Citizen Kane a combined 200 times. Elliot's first words were, I personally thought the use of Dutch angles was derivative in the 400 blows. And Nathan's favorite historical figure is Fritz Lang. Now they're bringing that snootiness to you with Magellan's at the Movies. Thanksgiving Eve, not to the people listening to this, to the people listening to this, it will be happy Black Friday. Yeah. Or if you don't listen to the episode the day it comes out, happy whatever day it is. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah. Amen. Uh, Elliot, how did we spend, how did we spend our Thanksgiving Eve? Um, well, we put up some Christmas decorations. Okay, that's not really, you know what I'm asking for. We went to see Ridley Scott's historical epic, Napoleon, about one Napoleon Bonaparte, former emperor of France. This is kind of a buzzy movie. I mean, people are talking about it. It's It's got commercials and everything. Ridley Scott is on a very combative uh, press tour talking about the historical accuracy. If, of yeah, if you haven't if you haven't already seen these, Google Ridley Scott Napoleon interviews because he has been on one this entire press tour. He's been incredibly combative, very angry, lots of pent-up energy is what it seems like, and it is very, very funny. I find it very, very funny. Yeah, so it was... It was all right. Uh, I was disappointed. It was, it was very rushed. The pace, like it is barreling through some pretty complex historical topics. This is actually something that I know a bit about. I have, I've, I've read books about Napoleon, done some research and stuff in my college years. So I, this is stuff that I was, that I was a little knowledgeable about, and that I was interested in seeing realized on the big screen, but. I think that what really undid it for me was the pace. Yeah. And that, and it really, it just detracted so much from the scale of what was happening. Cause this is like as close to a world war as you could get at that point in time without America joining in. But America barely existed at that point. Yeah. So, but you just never really get that sense of scale or sweep from the movie. It, it all feels fairly inconsequential. Yeah, I would go further than than Elliot in just saying I thought it was not very good. I would give it a negative review. I would give it a bad score. I think the pros of the film are not nearly consequential enough to undercut the fact that it's nearly three hours of rushed, shoddy sort of character work and decent battle scenes but they're not good enough to i think justify the rest of the film that you're being forced to watch yeah i mean i i'm gonna i really liked the battle of waterloo i thought that it was excellent no notes on that battle especially since just like there was some stuff for me to geek out about like the square formations that the duke of wellington did i was like oh it's so cool 
Um, yeah, I don't think it's worth the price of admission. I don't think it's worth, like, buy a ticket just to see that. But uh, maybe someday give it a watch on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. So, but we're hoping to go to some other movies before next week. You know, Holdovers. I'm hoping to see Saltburn. So, uh, you'll hear that. The new season of Fargo premiered. We haven't seen the premiere quite yet, but we'll be... There'll be plenty of stuff to banter about in future episodes. Yeah. Godzilla minus one. I'm excited for that. Elliot's Elliot's on a real Godzilla tear right now. So I'm not. I watched a single Godzilla movie. And now you're going to watch another one. That's two Godzilla movies. Enough Um, of Nathan's kindergarten math corner. (laughs) Yeah. This this week we're covering a bit of a, a comedy classic. I think a lot of people consider this a Thanksgiving classic as well. <laughs> they don't, but we got to connect it. This is Monty Python's and the Holy Grail. Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Directed by Terry Gilliam and Terry Jones, something Jones. It also starts with a T. But, Elliot, why don't you... Uh, this is a bit of a cult classic. I requested this, so it's kind of mean of me to dump the job of introducing the movie on you but you know take us through if if i've never heard of monty python and the holy grail what the deal what should i know well first of all you should know that what nathan just said is absolutely wrong this is not a cult classic this is a classic period i i don't know yeah. it's not you don't need to be in the know about this movie it was, to know it kind of started as a cult classic i would agree now it's just a classic that i think most people are aware of have seen have seen quoted Stuff like that. It started as a cult classic. It didn't have, you know, it kind of, it was a grower. I don't know if that's the case or not. I'm assuming not. Uh, But anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, So this is a absurdist, farcical kind of comedy. It's a a bit of a spoof on, like, medieval adventure movies. It follows, loosely follows, (laughs) King Arthur uh, on his quest for the Holy Grail. Plot summary over. Uh... Shenanigans ensue, many of them comical. Um, it's basically just a series of sketches yeah. uh, set in the medieval period, loosely related to the objective of finding the Holy Grail. They mentioned the Holy Grail a few times so that that can be kind of your plot. But this is to call this to call this plot thin would to be doing giving it too much credit. Quite frankly, this really is just a series of comedy vignettes strung together by a unifying aesthetic. Yeah. But all of the sketches, well, not all of the sketches, many of the sketches are extremely iconic. You've undoubtedly heard Tis But a Scratch before. (laughs) You've undoubtedly seen uh, some of the pseudo-medieval sketch, not sketches, uh, artwork that they use for their uh, transitions. You know something about this movie, even if you know nothing about this movie. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that's kind of it's an, it. That's yeah. Yeah, that's the deal. You probably heard of it. Uh, my experience with the movie. This is, I think, probably my third or fourth time seeing the movie. I saw it for the first time. Honestly, I want to say you were there too. So maybe Didn't you we can go to from... see it at Ben's house. Yes, we were in Ben Neeson's basement. A friend of the podcast, he appeared on the early episode, The Shawshank Redemption. 
Yes. Okay. I'm glad you remember this. Yeah. The Didn't first... we also watch uh, Social Network there? Maybe. If we did, that's a bonkers double feature. <laughs> well, I don't think it was at the same time. I think it might have been oh. at some other point. Uh, it might have been. I don't think that was the first time I saw the Social Network, though. But the first time I saw Monty Python yeah. and the Holy Grail was definitely... We were at Ben Neeson's house. It was when we were in high school, I would think. There were a few people there. And yeah, we were all invited over to watch the movie together. I want to say we skipped the uh, Sir, is it Galahad? Galahad yeah. yeah, in the even though that's it's, it's a, pretty chaste. It's a pretty yeah. Well, we were in you know a friend's basement, so. But I remember really enjoying it. I've watched, I've rewatched it a couple times just in terms of, you know, times I'm at home and we saw that it was on Netflix or something. And so we decided to watch it. I have very fond memories of this. I remember enjoying it quite a bit. I was excited to revisit it with maybe a bit more of a critical eye as well as to finally cover, besides Hot Rod, we haven't covered a, tr- a true blue comedy. And obviously, if you listen to our Hot Rod review, we were less than enthused about the humor and the quality of that film. That movie sucks. Okay, we don't have to be mean and be disparaging. We're talking about this movie. So I was excited to do this one, talk about some humor, talk about some comedy, have a few laughs, you know, come down to Florida. <laughs> have a few laughs. Florida, it's California. Is it really? Yeah, and he doesn't even say California. He says, come down to the coast, have a few Come laughs. down to the coast. Anyway. Elliot, what is your experience similar? Well, obviously it's similar in terms of the first time we saw it. I remember being like <laughs> really concerned about that movie for some reason. I just, I just thought it was going to be more like inappropriate than it ended up oh, being. Interesting. But yeah, I've seen it a few times since then. This is the first time I've seen it in a good long while, probably since I might have I might have watched it like once when I was in college early on. But this is the first time in a while. I remember enjoying it quite a bit. I usually prefer older comedies to newer comedies. Uh, I just don't get on with modern comedies usually. So yeah, I was excited. I guess I was excited. I was interested. I was interested to see how it holds up. And uh, are we gonna? Yeah, feel free to. Oh, op- the floor is open. <laughs> Share a thought. <laughs> I submit to this committee that this movie's highs are really high, but there is so little going on in this movie, aside from the comedy, that when that doesn't work, when you're in a bit that you don't like, you are stranded. You are in the sea in a canoe just waiting for it to be over. And so those moments make this movie... In those moments, it's really frustrating Mm. where you're just like, or I was just like, let's move it on here. Let's, let's try to, let's pick up the pace a little bit. So my ultimate experience, it made it overall, I would say a bit of a mixed bag Mm. because there are so many moments that are so funny to me that I really, that I laughed out loud and I don't usually laugh out loud out loud when I watch comedies by myself. Yeah. But then just the other moments where I was like, dude, this is so long and not funny. And legitimately, it's not just moments that didn't jive with my personal sense of humor. There were jokes that I think a legitimate claim could be made on them 
going for too long or they're or being too what? What's the word? Like drawing too much attention to the joke. Oh, okay. To the point where you're like, okay, yeah, it's not it's less funny for you having taken so much pains to point it out. So yeah, there. I mean, and I mean, there's literally nothing else to talk about because there. This movie has no characters. It has no plot. I think the one thing I'll say before I kind of agree with you in the sense of the only thing we can really talk about with this movie is what was funny, what wasn't funny. I would like to say I found the cinematography in the movie. It wasn't groundbreaking, and there wasn't ever a moment where I was like, "Whoa, what a crazy shot!" But I did feel like he fairly consistently the scenes would be shot in a way that I was like, oh, that is kind of a neat shot or that kind of helped the scene work a bit more. I'm thinking of stuff like when it goes to handheld camera, when Lancelot is tearing through the wedding venue. Uh, At the very beginning of the movie, the opening kind of scene, there's a shot kind of from the side of Arthur and his servant standing at the wall and the, the wall is just huge in the composition and it, it's a, just a very striking shot. And there was a couple of other shots that I was like, oh, that's actually kind of a neat or like, okay, shot in my opinion. So I would say I find this movie's style and technical elements to be very quaint and to be contributing to the quality of the movie. I mean... Obviously, it's done on a shoestring. There's a lot of guys playing women's part. There's a lot of guys playing the same parts of, you know, the Monty Python troupe playing multiple characters throughout the movie. Uh, There's a lot of very silly sort of gags where it's like, oh, we don't have the money for the thing, such as, right, the iconic coconuts instead of horses thing that I just think it makes it for a very charming viewing that it's very shoestring, it's very low budget, but it's not ever so low budget that it's like something like The Room, that it's like, oh, this is like poorly made, right? That it sounds bad, it looks bad. I didn't think there was any moments like that. So I just wanted, before we talk about what's funny, I do think the style and technical elements of the movie contribute to the quaintness and the charm of the film. That's pretty generous. (laughs) Well, then let's... Let's talk about, let's start maybe with some positives. What are the best sketches and jokes in this movie for you, Elliot? Uh, my favorite, and I'm I'm pretty sure that you have the same one, is Lancelot storming the castle. I mean, it's, this is going to be so hard. Because, like, what am I supposed to say other than it's just funny that he goes on a rampage and murders a bunch of people who are... Not really reacting to his presence, uh, except for when they're falling over and dying. (laughs) But he just, if you didn't know, he gets a message on an arrow from a young prince who's being forced to marry against his will. It's a political marriage. And the young prince sends an arrow out with a message for help. Lancelot gets it. He thinks it's a princess. And so he storms, he storms the castle and he just murders everyone in sight. Uh, well, not everyone in sight. He just tears through the place, killing people who are in his way. It, it's absolute carnage. And then when he gets in there, it's uh, obviously a young prince. And so he's very befuddled by this. And then when he goes out, he's just like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm terribly sorry about all this. I just get a bit, a bit carried away. 
and yeah, I, that's funny. That is amusing. <laughs> uh, no, I agree. That's easily the funniest scene. I think the first time we saw it in Ben Neeson's basement, I almost peed myself laughing at that scene. And it's it's so, it's a fantastic concept. It's so funny, and the I absolutely adore. It's not the twist, but the second half of the bit where Lancelot is walking back through and it's just carnage and there's people dead and everyone's crying. And on this viewing, I particularly appreciated the uh, the kind of father of the prince ordering his men to kill the uh, the father of the bride and his little thing that he says as it happens he's like oh and just as he thought we thought he was getting better the icy hand of death and the guy comes up behind and stabs him uh i found very funny i thought that bit was quite funny i think the movie ends on some very very strong uh sort of sketches tim the enchanter mm. i find incredibly funny him constantly ignoring questions <laughs> to just shoot fireballs <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is hilarious to me the rabbit is very funny and then the holy hand grenade i find the just extended explanation of how to use the holy hand grenade very funny i like i think the guy's voice is funny and him constantly coming back and saying you know how to count to three i find really funny well my second favorite sketch is probably the bridge of death yes and then the bridge of <laughs> death obviously <laughs> It's your name. See, that's something that I actually quote quite a bit. The, uh... What is your favorite guy? Blue. No way! <laughs> yeah. That, that is very funny. And I think the one bit that kind of surprised me with how much I enjoyed it this time, and I told you this this morning, was the... Tis but a scratch scene when King Arthur fights a knight and then he cuts off his arm and the knight continues fighting and then King Arthur continues hacking away limbs and the knight continues fighting. And I had completely forgotten that at one point after he gets both of his arms done, he kneels down to pray and the knight kicks him in the head as he's trying to do that. And I just, I completely forgot that that's what happened. And so I thought it was really funny i laughed out loud when that happened that is a good one that's Just, a good part and it is that's probably the most recognizable or the most iconic moment from the film is the tis, tis but a scratch yes no a scratch your arms off no it isn't well what's that i can take you with one hand i still have my feet come back here i'll nibble on your knees I'm going to bite your legs off. Well, and I think that's the other, and, you know, this is kind of a larger scale thing for me, is I found on rewatch that the bits that I didn't find really funny, I still found, and it sounds like you did not have this experience, but I still found them charming enough and kind of entertaining enough, not in, like, a funny way, but just in, like, an intellectual like, that's kind of a cute little bit that they're doing there. That there weren't a ton of bits that I found irritating. Like, the Knights Who Say Me, I don't love. I don't find it particularly funny because I feel like the joke of they say me in a funny way, uh, that's not very funny. But it was still kind of charming in a way that I wasn't annoyed. 
And when they came back to it, there was still a decent joke when he calls them the knights who until recently said me. Uh, that's kind of funny. And even stuff like the French insulting. I don't find the French insults very funny. It's kind of a dumb bit. But it's charming enough that I was like, man, this is pretty nice. So really the only bit that I was like, this is not A, not funny, and B, annoying me is Galahad in the castle with all the women because it's stupid. It knows it's stupid too. There's even a part where the actress like turns to the camera and says like, oh, I thought this, this scene was, is maybe going on a bit long. And then they have like other characters in the movie breaking the fourth wall and saying, oh, get on, like move on. This bit is terrible. And it is, I mean, they're right. It's not like, and it's not funny calling attention to the fact that the scene is not funny. It, Lampshading. Is yeah, is, yeah, is what it's called. Cause I'm still sitting there like, can we please not have to sit through this? But I think that was really the only part that I found really not funny in a way that it was annoying me and I felt like I was having to sit, sit through something that was just miserable. Well, I, I had a different experience because there were a few of those times for me. That is one of them, Sir Galahad's tale. Another one was Sir Robin's. I found his minstrels funny singing, especially when they started singing about how he's a big coward. I thought that was funny. But when he encountered the three-headed knight, I was I was very frustrated with that. Because I didn't think it was... I didn't think the whole thing of like, haha, they can't decide what to do. I didn't find it very funny. And it just went on for so long that... And again, like the problem is that there's nothing else. It's a stupid looking costume. It's a stupid idea. So I was just like looking around, twiddling my thumbs, waiting, just waiting for it to be over. Like, I was just waiting the movie out. And there were other, like the opening credits. Um, yes, I would agree. With the poorly translated Norse or something, I don't even know, subtitles going on. And then this is an example of the movie drawing attention to the joke when they were like, oh, we've fired the person who was doing the subtitles. And then it go, and then it keeps on going. And they're like, oh, we fired the guy who's supposed to fire the guy. And then it all, it just goes completely insane. And it's like, everyone's fired. And it's like, okay, you, it would be a little funny if that wasn't in there. If it was just like, if it just went on sort of without drawing too much attention to it. But the fact that they point, that they signpost it so much makes it less funny to me. Uh, I guess I would agree with that. They There are jokes in the opening credits, though, that they don't signpost, where they start throwing in loose related credits that are clearly um, farcical, I such as that, yeah. something of, like, yeah. you know, this is the guy who trained the moose to, like, drink wine three times a day. I found that kind of funny, but I, I I agree. The constantly coming back to, oh, we've sacked the guy responsible for the sacking. And then the final, like, we've got a new person to take over the credits and then just a very garish flashing light and some, like, Mexican sort of samba music or something. Not very funny at all. And honestly, I also, I would say in terms of bits that don't land for me, a lot of the animated, like, transition sort of things, I find 
Firstly, the animation does not look that great, and Monty Python is like famous for this animation style. It's all over the show. But uh, I don't find it very charming. It's kind of weird and off-putting. It looks weird. The only funny animation joke is when uh, the animator dies, and yeah. that's how they escape the monster. Uh, that's funny. A lot of the other animation jokes are just dumb. They do look like authentic medieval sort of paintings like i could i could go and get a book that i have that has one of those on the on the cover and i i happened to see it this morning after after i finished the movie and i was like oh yeah that looks pretty good um but yeah obviously this being in audio form that would be meaningless yeah <laughs> yeah now what are we supposed to talk about I don't know. There's other parts in the movie that we haven't talked about that I still find funny. I think the opening scene is funny where he's arguing with See, the guy about swallows and That's coconuts. another moment that I don't find funny. And that really? and when he says like that's not a horse, you're just you're just, you've just got a pair of coconuts. I was like, gosh, it, I don't like it when the when a movie signposts its jokes so heavily. Mm. Cuz I I prefer I prefer uh I almost said it. It was so close. I prefer jokes that are like, that are played straight. Deadpan, that kind of thing. That's what I find really funny. So when, when the movie just stops to like, say like, this is a joke, a witticism, a humorous moment. I'm like, all right, stop. I get it. I actually got it before this person started talking about it. I guess, but I mean, it leads to what I think is a fairly humorous conversation where they're arguing about whether or not a swallow could carry a coconut. And then obviously uh, the callback at the end when he kills the that is bridge guy yeah. with a European or an African swallow. What? I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> yeah, I find that pretty funny. And then honestly, the first uh, kind of couple of scenes I also find funny where he encounters the very politically aware peasant mm. and he kind of gets into a fight with him and then the witch scene which i think is another iconic part of the movie uh that i find funny not necessarily laugh out loud funny but again it's another one of the scenes that it's charming enough that i enjoy it despite not necessarily finding it incredibly funny i would say that that's another moment where the witch moment the witch sketch i did find it a little funny but also especially the moment the bit where he encounters the politically aware peasant that was a moment that i did find kind of funny but also i was very aware that this is padding this is oh, just here sure. to get this up to feature length and i was like okay i mean i understand that this is a sketch comedy this is a sketch comedy group. It's a sketch comedy movie. But still, I was like, dang. I mean, could we really not figure out more things to do with the actual plot that barely exists? Well, and I think this is where, uh, you know, the only other Monty Python movie we've seen, assuming you haven't watched The Meaning of Life Without Me, no. is Monty Python's The Life of Brian, which I think is maybe... A stronger plot it has a more concentrated sort of idea I can't really think of a part of that movie that is 
that I mean, obviously, it's still similar in the sense that each of the scenes operates as kind of a sketch, but all of the sketches are a coherent plot. Like when you put them all together, it's not outside of the alien thing. It all kind of like makes sense. So I do think in that sense, Life of Brian is maybe a stronger film. Yeah, and I'm not saying I'm not saying that I want <laughs> a ton of plot. Yeah, like. A, a, a Nolan level plot yeah. or uh, really deep, intricate characters. I just want a plot that's there enough that there aren't any scenes that if you took out, the movie would not change at all. Yeah. Like, literally, completely, 100% useless scenes. Yes, of which this movie, as kind of a vignette-style thing has more than a few just because I would say the majority of the scenes are that way but and the, the thing is that most of the time the jokes are funny enough that I'm like all right whatever it's just that in in those moments when the jokes aren't enough I'm like dang this movie has no writing <laughs> I suppose I guess in terms of a final thought from me in terms of a bit that I do find kind of funny I do, while I I do think the end of the movie is kind of lame and is kind of a a very obvious, like, we had budgetary constraints, so we needed a thing. The setup and the constant cutting back to the kind of B-plot of this historian who got killed by some guy and then them trying to find him, I find very funny. I especially found funny the opening scene of him sharing some stuff and then a guy just riding past and killing him and then his wife or whatever runs out. Uh, I found it pretty funny. All of the funniest bits of this movie are when someone dies, so that's kind of a concerning uh, feeling for me to have. Yeah, I didn't really find that so funny. I also think the cutback of when they finally get across the bridge and they're like, where'd Lancelot go? It just hard cuts to him being, you know, shoved into a cop car. I find that kind of funny. Again, there's not much, like, there's not much to talk about with this movie outside of, like, was this joke funny or not? Was it funny? Was it not? Yeah, I mean, it's cool that, did they film around real castles? Uh, I want to say they had one real castle that they filmed around. So every scene at a castle is the same castle. Uh, yeah. And then the interiors would be sets. sets. I mean, that's neat. <laughs> cool. Castles. Everyone loves castles. Yeah. Well, and I guess as one, this has nothing really very little to do with the movie. But if you're a bit of a computer programmer, you're a bit of a tech-savvy person, you might have heard of the programming language Python. And that programming language was actually named for the Monty Python comedy troupe. Just if you want to know what kind of people computer science people are, uh, they're Monty Python fans. Wow, good thing I don't interact with too many of them. Uh, I've actually watched a few Monty Python skits from the show, and some of them are pretty funny, but all of them last just a bit longer than you would want. There's a very famous one of a cheese shop where a guy goes into a cheese shop to try and buy some cheese and every, and he names something like 40 some cheeses and the cheese shop doesn't have any of them. And the joke is just that he keeps naming cheeses that the cheese shop doesn't have. 
so I think that's another example of like all of the Monty Python's kind of humor or a lot of the Monty Python's humor is kind of, here's a joke, let's keep telling it, uh, which is maybe not the best style of humor, particularly in this film. Again, the really awful scene is the women where the, it's just one joke and then they keep hammering the joke and they even hammer home man, we're telling this joke a lot, aren't we? Uh, it's kind of irritating. Yeah, I would be interested now to go back and re-watch Life of Brian and see if I like that any better. Because I've only seen that once. Oh, I've seen it twice. I must have watched it once on my own, and then I liked it enough that I was like, oh, Elliot, let's watch it. I like Life of Brian, you know, not to review Life of Brian as well, but I think that one's very funny. I don't think it has a scene that's as funny as the Sir Lancelot scene, but it has a, quite a few quotes that come to mind for me quite a bit. I love, oh, now he's having a go with the flowers. That is good. <laughs> I find that really funny. Anyway, uh, you know, any other closing thoughts or we can jump into? No, I mean, this movie has music. It has <laughs> lighting, costumes, and cameras. Good job, movie. <laughs> Those are um, the ingredients you need to have a film. Yeah. Uh, I guess I would say, just once again, I think the style of the movie and the technical elements of the movie help in my mind. I can see why this is, why this achieved a cult classic status and now has kind of a classic status. I think you'd be hard-pressed to watch this movie. I think I, I was reading one review and it said in the 96 minutes of the film, there's 238 jokes which is a fairly high number. I don't know how they're necessarily counting yeah. that. If every time in the credits some goofy thing comes up. That or counts if every a, time a knight says knee, that yeah, counts, that as, counts a as a joke. But with the preponderance of jokes in the movie, I'd be, I'd be really surprised if someone watched this and didn't find a single joke funny, a single sketch funny. It has... Yeah, I do really think the Lancelot scene might be one of my favorite comedy scenes in movies. And even the scenes that I don't find really funny, I find really charming and quaint in a cute British way. So I don't really have a lot of negatives. There's the one scene that I find really bad, and there's some other scenes that I'm just like, man, eh, this is not that funny. But on the whole, I really, I like this movie quite a bit. If I'm ever at someone's house and they say, this is always I your metric. I see this quite a bit, but it's a good metric to have. If I'm at someone's house and they say, hey, you want to throw on Holy Grail? I'm like, dude, do it. Absolutely. That sounds great. Uh, so I'm going to give this, I'm sitting at like a 7.7, 7.8. You know, it's not the funniest movie I've ever seen. It's pretty funny, pretty enjoyable film. Yeah, um... I, this is another example where I've spent most of the time on on, on the prosecutor side. Uh, that doesn't necessarily reflect my overall feelings. I do, th like I said at the beginning, this movie has a lot of really high highs. There, there are jokes that I quote quite a bit, stuff that I find really funny. It's just, again, like, this movie is so... It's so smoke thin that when it's not working for you you're you might as well be waiting in line at the dmv or it just you're just waiting for the movie to move on to get something to get back to being funny and that clearly had more of an impact on me i also think that i probably had 
more moments that I was like, yeah, this is not working for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's really hard. I'm like, I'm like really oscillating between C plus and B minus. I think I would have to give it like, uh, I think I'm, I would have to give it like a B minus. Okay. I'll give it the, I'll give it the extra edge. It might not actually deserve that, but the, I do have enough warm feelings for the jokes in this movie that do work for me to give it that extra minus. Well, I'm sure that means a lot to John Cleese if he listens. Is he still alive? Yeah, he is. Yeah. Because I think every now and again he says something that it's like, uh, he's a little old. Um, Whatever. Um, yeah, let's get to some recommendations. Elliot, uh, I already know what you're going to recommend, so why don't you go first? Because I, I love this movie. Yeah, this is a this is a classic. This is a big part of our childhoods. Uh, we watched it probably a little younger than we should have, but that's okay. Um, I, I'm talking, of course, about Airplane. Uh, that's Airplane with an exclamation mark. Um, <laughs> this is a spoof of a very particular movie, according to Nathan. I, this is something that I do believe Nathan is right about. Called what is it called? Airport. Airport, which is like a disaster movie. Um, I've never seen that. I don't think anyone's ever seen that except for Nathan and probably the guy who made it. it was uh, nominated for Best Picture. Was? Yes! Okay, so Nathan, the guy who made it, and the Academy. That's it. That's it. Um, but anyway, it's about... <laughs> it also has a pretty thin plot. Uh, but it's about a um, former combat pilot who is on a plane that needs to make an emergency landing because the food that was served uh, was, there was something wrong with it. And so all of the pilots are down and out and they're trying to figure out how to get the plane safely back on the ground. Uh, this is also, I would say it's less of a sketch comedy. Uh, it's, there's, it's less oriented around vignettes. It's more yeah. oriented around like scenes that have multiple different jokes within them rather than like sketches that are sort of formed around the basis of a single joke, yeah. which is more like what Monty Python did in the Holy Grail. This has a much better hit to miss ratio for me. Uh, there's really not that much to say about it, much like most comedies, other than it's just really funny. It's definitely playing it more straight, more deadpan yes. than uh, the Holy Grail, which is right up my alley. Like I said, this has probably... The most quoted line of the Mogollians family. I just wanted to let you both. I just want to tell you both. Good luck. We're all counting on you. <laughs> we do say that. Rarely all. does a Mogollians part company with another Mogollians without saying that. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of fantastic jokes. I won't say any of them because then it would just devolve into me quoting things that m people might not understand. But definitely give this a watch. Um, it's really funny. I think if you liked. Monty Python and the Holy Grail, there's a very good chance you'll like Airplane. Um, and even if you didn't, if you're more like me and you're a little bit more lukewarm on it, go watch Airplane then. You'll you'll have a blast. Yeah. I love Airplane. I've said it quite a bit since watching Airport that it's funny how many things in Airplane are almost directly lifted from Airport, but it's funny because in Airport, it's treating it very seriously and then an airplane it's like this is so dumb like why on earth would you take this seriously but airplane I, airplane's amazing that is probably one of my movies that has uh, one of the highest hit to miss ratios for jokes 
if you were at someone's house and they said, let me put on airplane, what would you say to that, Nathan? I said, I'd say, oh, heck yes. Oh, yes, please. <laughs> okay, good to know. Yeah, my recommendation is going to be, I'm going a bit of a different lane because it's not necessarily a comedy. It has some, jo it has some jokes in it. But I'm going to go another Terry Gilliam movie. You might not know this, but Terry Gilliam went on to have a very successful film career outside of uh, his Monty Python movie that he worked on. And one of his final movies was a movie that I watched recently, and it is The Man Who Killed Don Quixote. Uh, this is very funny in the same way that the book Don Quixote, which I read. The reason I'm recommending this is to flex that I read Don Quixote. But this movie is, I would say, pretty funny. It works on a similar sort of level of it's silly, but it's taking its silliness kind of seriously. It follows, uh, not the plot of Don Quixote, it follows Adam Driver as a director who for his like first student film, he made an adaptation of Don Quixote. And when he returns to the Spanish village where he filmed it, he discovers that the guy he cast to play Don Quixote now genuinely thinks he's Don Quixote and thinks that Adam Driver is his erstwhile companion, Sancho Panza. And uh, hijinks ensue, right? As soon as this madman is let loose, much like the actual book, Don Quixote, uh, it's a really fun movie. It's playing with the ideas of Don Quixote in a meta way that I find really fun. There's more than a few jokes in this that I find very, very funny. I think Adam Driver is amazing as the Sancho sort of character. And then Jonathan, shoot, Price is playing Don Quixote or playing a guy who thinks he's Don Quixote. And he's very funny. I think it's something that other people should watch. Uh, and yeah, I think if you enjoyed this and want to see some other Terry Gilliam stuff, all of his movies are kind of tongue-in-cheek comedies in some sense. Uh, and I think this is uh, as good a place as any to start. Great. That's a big shout-out for all the Don Quixote fans in the audience, of which there are many, no doubt. There should be. That's a good book. Yeah, okay. Um, well, hey. Life is Hard and Full of Disappointments. I haven't seen that movie, so I can't comment on it. Um, but yeah, Life is Hard and Full of Disappointments. Let's say it twice. And yeah, send, send us out on a message of Thanksgiving good cheer, Nathan. Yeah, absolutely. I hope everyone has a happy Thanksgiving. I hope everyone has some happy things to be thankful for. You know, we're thankful for you, the listener, and for you, movies in general is what I'm thankful for this Thanksgiving day. Elliot, uh, yeah, we're, we'll be back next week with another brand new, exciting episode on another dope movie. Or it's another a, bad movie. Yeah. No, this was a good movie, Elliot. What are you talking about? No, I'm, I don't. I just mean oh, like. Oh, another movie that is bad. Yeah. 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 So be sure to tune in. We hope you have a great week outside of that. And uh, thanks for listening.